0: Verse 2 explains that, uh, that Mary is the one who, in the next chapter, moisturises and washes a weary Jesus while he reclines at the table. Uh, and Lazarus is close to Jesus, close enough that in verse 3 they don't refer to him by name. He's referred to, uh, when, they, when they speak to Jesus, they say, he whom you love is ill. It's all he needs to know. Well, Lazarus gets crook and it's looking really bad, really bad. Uh, his sisters send to Jesus for help and Jesus gives this great line of explanation that helps us understand everything that uh, that unfolds. I've read it already. Verse 4, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now that first part, for the glory of God, well that's not so much that God will be glorified, that he will be praised, that God will somehow receive more glory from us that's not exactly what's going on there Uh, that's more of a statement that uh, that God's glory which he already has of which he needs no more uh, will simply be revealed the glory of God will be shown off Uh, his eternal beauty love and power will be made visible for all to see for onlookers to enjoy but the second part is a little bit different that's the glory of God, but then that the Son of God may be glorified, well, it is a bit different. Jesus is acting to gain praise, to draw attention, not just to show something else, something off, but to effect a response. Now, there are times when Jesus shrinks into the background. He even commands us to do good works in secret, but this one's different. Jesus orchestrates events to draw attention to draw attention uh, and for a grand reveal that he himself may be glorified. It turns out that the path of maximum glory cannot end with death. Uh, it stands to reason, doesn't it? Uh, that, you know, a death, When death is the end, there's no glory. Uh, there is no glorious death. You could argue that a death died as a martyr for a cause. Uh, or a death died uh, in defence of a loved one, that these deaths may be glorious in some sense on their own, uh, but that's only because there's a purpose or a legacy, there's an outflow from the death, an outcome. Uh, Death death is the end for the one who's died. Uh, There's no glory in it. Anyone who's seen it at close quarters knows. But if you've died so that another, uh, for another person or for another cause, well, there may be some glory, there may be some residual joy that flows from that. Uh, the path of maximum glory cannot lead to death, as in death is the end, uh, but for Jesus it does lead through death. It just blasts right through it. And it's not just that it, uh, it does lead through death, it's that uh, because of Jesus' work in the world, uh, the path of maximum glory must lead, must lead through death. It must, because death is real. Uh, death is fearful. Uh, death uh, it seems to have a power, an inevitability about it. Uh, and Jesus must conquer it. Jesus makes certain uh, that uh, this path of maximum glory leads through death, because it says in verse 5 and 6 Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and so. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer where he was. And because of his love, he doesn't spring into action, which you'd normally expect for someone uh, who loves them to do. We, we also know from Jesus that he can uh, effect miracles from a great distance. He doesn't even, he could, he could do it from where he stands. But instead he does nothing. He does nothing for two good days. He loves them and so he waits Jesus is so greedy for glory that he will sacrifice anything to get it. Here, Jesus slays his dear friend Lazarus. Have you ever considered that? Jesus, who has the power to stop this thing in its tracks, he lets the illness run its course. He lets his friend die so that Jesus can get maximum glory in the end. When you put it like that, it's, Not so savoury, is it? But in fact, Jesus expects nothing less from anyone who follows him. That we too will be willing to lay down our lives and dreams and comforts, that we would lay these things down even to die and to live an others-focused and self-forgetful life of sacrifice to him. When you put it like that, Jesus takes a lot he takes a lot. But he doesn't ask for anything that he isn't worth. And he won't take anything that he wouldn't give. Because remember, this is just the preview. Now, the main event is coming. Now, when Jesus, in pursuit of maximum glory for himself and for his Father, he will lay his own life down. And not in the relative quiet of a bedridden illness, Jesus would die in the very loud, very bloody, Very gory and very shameful manner of public execution. And it's not simply that Jesus asks us to lay our lives down and then, you know, alongside us, he has also done the same. It's not just that we both do it. Uh, It's that uh, this is, uh, Jesus has laid his life down for us, not just as well as us, but for us. A life for a life, his life in exchange for yours. So that instead of facing the certain judgment before God that we certainly deserve, uh, we can instead bask in the glory that is truly his alone. God's glory goes through death. It goes through apparent defeat on the way to victory. But when the end is seen, it almost makes sense. Uh, But what is truly unique to God is that his glory... it, that his glory doesn't just show up better on the backdrop of death. It's magnified somehow through death. Do you understand uh, what I'm saying? It's not just that it needs a backdrop uh, so that you can see it. As uh, Some things need the right backdrop to be properly seen. If you turn on a brand new torch, it doesn't matter how good it is. If you turn it on during the day, it's underwhelming, right? Uh, you need the right environment. You need the right backdrop. Well, Jesus doesn't fabricate pain so that he looks pretty good in contrast. Uh, this isn't what's going on. It's, it's not about a backdrop. It's not really mainly about a context. God's glory isn't like that. It is not so weak that he needs to contrive a struggle or create a difficulty so that you'll look back and go, all right, when you put it like that, I guess he is pretty good after all. God is so unthreatened by weakness and adversity that he embraces it. Strength. Strength. He becomes a newborn baby. What's reputation? Jesus befriends uh, sinners and outcasts. What's fear? He grips the serpent. Uh, the, 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 um, the song God Moves in Mysterious Ways said, uh, he rides upon the storm. You know, the storm that gives us fear, he's riding the wave. What's death? Well, he runs at it. That's glory that's Uh, impenetrable unassailable perfect doesn't need a backdrop Uh, it's just fearless that's the glory of god through death but god's pursuit of his glory is never just for himself it is an act of love it expresses perfect love which is our second point up here jesus doesn't pursue his own glory for the sake of his own ego He doesn't do it uh, for his father to build his father up because, you know, God in heaven is somehow lacking something. Uh, Jesus is only concerned with his own glory in as much as he can share it with us, his people, because we gain from his glory. This is why Jesus deliberately waits for Lazarus to die and then lets him get really, really, really properly dead. Uh, He says in verse 5, it's because he loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Uh, We get uh, a sense of God's glory shown off with love in Jesus' interactions uh, with the sisters. Uh, It's pretty clear that the love goes both ways. Both sisters say the same thing. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. But both seem to speak more from faith than blame or hurt. Uh, There's a few voices from the Jews a little bit later who say the same thing and it feels a bit different. It's like they're accusing Jesus of you know, weakness or callousness or something like that. Uh, but, but these women, they, they know Jesus, they trust him, uh, they love him, they even trust him with the death of their brother. And, and then, of course, there's Jesus' love spilling out in an overflow of his own emotion. Verse 35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. Uh, But it's a verse that's dished out more than its fair share of comfort for people who are dealing with their own tears. Verse 35 just simply says, Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse. Jesus wept. I don't see how these were tears of grief in the natural sense. Uh, Jesus knew better than anyone that Lazarus would be back soon. But this is Jesus moved to tears uh, by nothing but empathy. The tears themselves of his loved ones are the ones that drive him to tears himself. It's one thing to know that Jesus shares your sorrows. It's another thing to know that he shares your actual tears and your deep hearty sobs. This is the glory of God in resurrection power. In resurrection power. We get to see the glory of God in its, plain, in its plainest form. As someone who is dead becomes alive. We've passed through death, we've sensed the Lord's love, but now we see the glory itself in Jesus' power to bring life from the grave. And we can see him pull strands together to draw attention, to gather maximum praise. He's putting on a show. Uh, When Martha came to Jesus, she was more or less on her own. Jesus waits for Mary to come, followed by a crowd of others. And then those with her comment on his tears, some of them even sarcastically. But, you know, he's drawing a response. He's gathering, uh, you know, people's questions and curiosity. Uh, he, he moves on to the tomb, followed uh, by Mary and her entourage. He persuades the people there publicly and against their judgment to open the tomb. All of this building drama. And Jesus breaks one of his own rules about prayer. Jesus normally says, under normal circumstances, pray in private. Pray, uh, you know, not drawing attention to yourself, not to be seen, not to gather praise. But Jesus performs a performative prayer. Did you notice that? He says, uh, uh, where is it, verse uh, 41? They take away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And then he says, I knew that... uh, I knew, of course, that you always hear me, but I said this on account of people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. He said it for their sake. It it didn't need to be said. He's putting on a show. And the Bible tells of 10 different resurrection events. Uh, But there is one respect at least that makes this one that just the most remarkable of all. It puts it in in its own league. Uh, Lazarus wasn't just dead. Uh, He wasn't mostly dead. He was fully dead like rotting dead. None of the others before this one had even reached the point of burial. Lazarus was buried for four days. And by rights, he should have been steadily decomposing. Let's face it, his body probably was. He even goes Jesus' three days, one better. In John 5, Jesus says, An hour is coming... When the dead in the tombs will hear the voice of the Son of God and come out. The hour is coming when the dead in the tombs will hear the voice of the Son of God and come out. What's more incredible there, that dead people would rise or that dead people would hear a voice? Dead people don't hear. But even so, when Lazarus lay in the grave, he heard. That's the power of the Lord's voice, his call. It's irresistible. He heard Jesus' voice as he commanded him to come out. You know, Jesus didn't even get that service. Jesus didn't even... Jesus had no performance. Uh, He rose in obscurity. There was no one watching. There was no voice as it happened. No one calling him out. But Jesus uh, was vindicated in a secret place in the heavens. uh, And his father called him out of the grave from death... Uh, And Jesus came out of his tomb. We see in this, uh, our only hope is to be woken up by another. Jesus rose Lazarus by the power of uh, and to the glory of God. Jesus himself was raised by the power of and to the glory of God. And by God's power and to his glory, by believing in Jesus as the Son of God, you too will be raised. Jesus says that. There's no fear of death for those who believe in him. Uh, You will never die even though you do die, you will never die. While we gear up to celebrate Jesus' glorious resurrection in a couple of Sundays, uh, we will remember that the path of the greatest glory leads, uh, if not to death, it leads through death. Uh, on Good Friday, we'll remember the through death part. Uh, we'll read and reflect uh, and pray together uh, as as we remember Jesus's death. Uh, we've remembered his death in you know in the uh, in this really fleshy, hands-on uh, sort of experience this morning. What does this What does this passage leave us to do? This is a very short conclusion. What, what does this passage leave with us to do? Well, there's no real command in there in the uh, the natural sense. Jesus doesn't say, therefore, do anything in particular coming out of this. But he does say what the point of it is, the glory of God, and that the Son of Man may be glorified. If you want to disobey this passage today, then just forget about it. Just forget about Jesus this week. But if you want to obey, if you want to be uh, moved and affected by what we've read, then be moved to... Gasp in awe at the Lord's power, uh, to be moved to respond uh, in praise and glory for Jesus. Remember his glory in resurrection power, which passes through death and is expressed through his love. Remember him when he produces life from death. Remember him in the day to day when he produces joy from sorrow when he brings glory from shame then remember him all praise glory and honor to him let's pray god it is hard to know somehow just how uh, sometimes just how to glorify you Uh, We pray that we will glorify you at least through remembrance. Uh, That we won't uh, ignore you. That we won't distance ourselves from you. But at the very least, we will remember uh, what you have done. What you did uh, for Lazarus. What you promised for us. uh, And what happened through Jesus. Uh, We pray uh, for maybe even a little more that not only would we remember, but that we would be overjoyed, Uh, that we would uh, know at times true uh, shock and awe, that we would gasp at your glory, that we would know uh, joy through sorrow because of Jesus' display of power, Uh, that we would know... um, your glory even in our shame that we would expect life even when we die and pray that you'll lift our spirits uh, and increase our faith amen